Hello, bots, trolls, and other assorted internet creatures. It's Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for October 15th, 2020. We are under three weeks away from the big election. There's a lot to talk about. Hunter Biden, censoring on the internet, and Kamala Harris. How much more do you want from me, people? Uh, but before we get to any of that, uh, I often tell you guys I am not a journalist. I'm just a guy at a desk telling you what I think, sitting in my house, in my office, and I'm talking to a camera, telling you what I think. I'm not a, I'm not a journalist in that I'm not out there on the ground collecting facts. One of the things that journalists, journalists have done to ruin journalism is when they get something wrong or they make a mistake, they rarely retract the mistake. Or what they usually will do is when they, when they get the first story wrong, that'll get you know thousands and thousands of retweets, be amplified everywhere, get tons of YouTube views and everything else. And then when they put the retraction up, they'll do it like in the middle of the night when no one sees it and like, you know, three people retweet it. I actually made a factual error last week. You're not going to believe it. I am not the perfect human being. I, on a, uh, on a simple definition of gaslighting, I was talking about gaslighting last week, which is an internet tactic. And basically what I said was something to the effect of that gaslighting is when you attack people online so over the top they don't even really know how to respond. That's actually not quite right. And by the way, many of you politely addressed it in the comment section. So I said to my guys, we're going to address it. Now a few people did attack me. Oh, Ruben doesn't know what he's talking about. He got the definition of gaslighting wrong. Okay. Uh, but, but actually most people said, you know, we like you, Dave, you, you dropped the ball on this one. A lot of people sent me links and the rest of it. So I do want to correct what the definition of gaslighting is. So the actual definition of gaslight is in reference to the 1944 movie aptly titled Gaslight, which is to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. That is actually the sort of internet 2020 definition of, uh, of gaslight. When I was saying, oh, you just keep saying things that are so over the top, it's like people don't know how to respond. That seems like an offshoot. I would say that's an offshoot of gaslighting, but hey, I'm not the perfect human being, guys, and I just want you to know that. And uh, that is the official definition of gaslighting. And by the way, this is what we see constantly when people are just railed and attacked by bots and trolls so that they don't even know what's real anymore, right? Like it's, it's just sort of, the, the culture of the internet as it is. But before we move on to the rest of the stories today, uh, I want to talk to you guys about the Second Thoughts board game, the quick thinking versus fast talking party game. Second Thoughts is this year's new favorite party game that is sure to be a hit with your friends and family on your next game night. The play of the game calls for each team to quickly create a list of words for their opponents to decipher, leading to hilarious bepuzzlement and laughter. Simply put, it's a classical word game with a unique twist that allows players to personalize the content with their voluminous sense of word smithery or just their witty and warped imagination. Each round of second thoughts is a hilarious high-speed attempt to stump the other team. Both teams create a list of five things using the letters revealed from the colored dice. Be witty and wise, but don't take too long because time is not on your side. The amount of time it takes your team to create the list is exactly how much time your opponents get to guess them. Second Thoughts, the quick thinking versus fast talking party game. 
Get yours today at secondthoughtsthegame.com. That's secondthoughtsthegame.com or at your local Target store. And now back to me doing the show. All right, guys. So our three stories today, um, I think they're going to, two of them are going to be pretty obvious in that we had to talk about them and they're sort of linked together. And then we just got a bananas clip of, uh, of Kamala and uh, Rachel Maddow. Uh, the, the big story yesterday was this New York Post story that came out that seems to reveal some things about Hunter Biden that a lot of people have kind of been talking about, uh, but seems to now have some evidence, actual evidence behind it and some emails because of a, a, a laptop that was owned by Hunter Biden that he dropped off at a store. So we're gonna get to that. Now, ironically, that story, because it's about Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden and all that, that's the type of story that of course would have been ignored by the mainstream media, whether, whether regardless of how important it is, because it's a sort of anti-Biden story and it involves his son, of course the mainstream media would have ignored it. Now, of course it goes without saying that if it had been Donald Trump Jr. doing something, using business relationships of his dad, even if his dad wasn't president at the time, of course the media would be going crazy with it. Um, but there is a reason that, that this story really caught on yesterday and it's because of the second story that we're gonna cover today, uh, which is that Twitter started blocking the links to the New York Post story. Uh, and then what happened was several high-level people, including the White House press secretary, they were actually locked out of Twitter because they tried to post the story. You also couldn't even send the story in a direct message. That's, that's the private messaging system that people who are following each other on Twitter have to communicate with each other privately and you couldn't even post it there. So ironically, as big tech, and Facebook did some version of this too, where they were warning people about the story, uh, as they tried to censor a story, what did they do? Well, they did the butterfly effect, and the butterfly effect, of course, is when you're, by drawing attention to something, you're then amplifying the, uh, the attention. You're saying, don't look there, it makes everyone look there. So then the story got bigger and bigger and bigger, and yesterday basically was everybody talking about Hunter Biden, and then that sort of shifted into a, a something that obviously I've been talking about for years, which is the big tech censorship stuff. I know a little bit about that, and, uh, and I actually had an exchange with the CEO of Twitter, Jack, yesterday, and I think he may end up regretting the exchange. I, I actually wasn't trying to get him, but we're gonna show you the little exchange we had. And then finally, Kamala Harris was on Rachel Maddow, and they just laughed up a storm about that fly that was in Mike Pence's hair during the debate, and I wanna show it to you because it is another one of these incidences where it's like, my God, my God, that, tall, orange, hair-plugged man is a million times more authentic than you people, and I don't know how that is. It's a strange science fiction story that we're living in. So there you go. Okay, before we do anything else, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Uh, are you guys looking for a new protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? I've got one right here, by the way, and it's cookies and cream. I did peanut butter yesterday. I'm on the cookies and cream today. Uh, I've got just the brand for you guys. Built Bars are super tasty and come in 18 amazing flavors. My personal favorite is peanut butter, as I said, but I've got the cookies and cream today and I do love the cookies and cream. They're covered in 100% chocolate, including both nut and nut-free flavors and are soft and easy to chew. With Halloween just around the corner, it's easy to slip up, which is why Built Bars are the perfect alternative to candy for the health-conscious guy. 
and I like to think I'm a health conscious guy. I can actually lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And in the peanut butter one that I showed you guys yesterday, it's 20 Gs of protein, 170 calories, three Gs of sugar, three net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Ruben and you'll get 20% off your first order. Use promo code Ruben for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Good for bars, Built Go, or Built Boost. And now back to me, here we go. Uh, okay, so Hunter Biden, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the, the key bullet points of this story. You know, I think one of the problems we have right now is that because we're inundated with so much information that when you start hearing stories, whether it's a political story or someone was shot by uh, the police or there are riots, whatever the story might be, there's so many conflicting versions of the story and everyone gets so into the weeds of the details that most people tune out. And, and I don't blame you for tuning out and sometimes I tune out too. It's like, you got a life, right? You might wanna do something. You might wanna have dinner with your spouse or get laid. Do people still do that? that? That's what they were doing back in my day or whatever it is you might wanna do. So, and then we're hit with so much information where you have to know every little detail of everything. So I'm gonna try to give you the bare bones on this Hunter Biden thing so that if you get into a conversation with someone about it, you will be able to talk about it functionally. So here's basically what happened. Hunter Biden dropped off a computer at a repair shop in Joe Biden's home state of Delaware in April of 2019, okay? So this is about a year and a half ago and that's according to the store's owner. Uh, the customer who brought in the water damage MacBook Pro, and we believe this to be Hunter Biden, uh, never paid for the service, nor did he retrieve it or a hard drive where the contents of the laptop were stored. And the store owner also says that he repeatedly tried to contact the client. Uh, but before returning the gear, the shop owner says that he made a copy of the hard drive and later gave it to former mayor Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello. So that. That's kind of interesting that he, he called the guy who dropped it off many times, which we believe to be Hunter Biden, and then he did return it, it sounds like, but then he also made a copy of it and gave it to Giuliani's lawyer. So he must have seen something on there. That's what it sounds like. Uh, and then what we should make note of here, and this is the sort of big part, is that Hunter Biden introduced his then vice president, father, Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before Joe Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails that were obtained by the New York Post. And Joe Biden, of course, is claiming that he, quote, never spoke to my son about his overseas business dealings. Of course, Hunter Biden was paid 50,000 a month by Burisma, which is this Ukrainian company, even though he had no expertise, right? He had no expertise whatsoever. So they were obviously buying access to his father. That, like it just, it's just obvious. And of course, many of you I'm sure have seen the video where Joe Biden is bragging and laughing about how he got the prosecutor fired, otherwise that we were gonna hold back all of this aid money. So th th this is a smoking gun and, and you know, you could look at this story and you can go, oh, well, this is just sort of dirty politics and nepotism and all that. And by the way, it is dirty politics and nepotism and all that. It is, this is sort of how it all works. Uh, I suppose at some level, this is exactly what Trump was talking about in 2016 about draining the swamp, that this stuff shouldn't work this way. Um, now, I'm not, that's not me sitting here saying he's never used his influence to help his children because he obviously has. Um, but if he had done that as president, that's different than doing it as a private businessman, right? Like if you're a, if you're a hotel 
uh, magnet and uh, you know you give your son a job or whatever it might be, well, that's your choice to do it. And then if your son's not qualified, it's not gonna work. And if your son is qualified, it is gonna work. That's very different than if you work in the government and your son is getting jobs for insane amounts of money, 50 grand a month, uh, when he's not qualified at all, just so those people have access to you as a representative of the US government, in this case, as the vice president. So there is stuff here. Now, the bigger part of the story, I think, is sort of the second thing that I wanna talk about, which is the censorship around this. Now, we, we can debate all of the nitty gritty on that. And, and by the way, I think it's perfectly um, legit for people to say, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, with, with lockdowns and COVID and the race stuff and the protests and all of that, that this story is just sort of, you know, three weeks before the election, like they're just throwing the kitchen sink at everything and it's a distraction and all that. I think that's a perfectly legit way of looking at things. So that, that's up for you to decide, right? Like you personally have to decide how important this this story is to you. Does it sound like it's seriously crooked? Yeah. Does it sound like this is sort of politics 101? Yeah. Uh, does it sound like there's a cover up? Yeah. But the bigger story is now this, which is the censorship stuff. So Twitter decided that it would not let people tweet out the link to New York Post. New York Post broke this story and it would not let people tweet out the link, meaning put it in their newsfeed, nor send it via private direct message. Several people, including the White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, were locked out of their accounts. I saw that Jack Posobiec was locked out of his account. A bunch of blue check people were locked out of their account for posting the story. I didn't even try to post it because my feeling was if I get locked out too, it's an endless headache. We've already, it, it, the story had already risen enough that it was like, okay, enough people are screenshotting it that people are now realizing there's a problem here. Um, there was also a Facebook communications guy who tweeted out something to the effect of he's not going to link to it on, uh, on Facebook or he's not going to link to it even on Twitter, um, but that in effect he was saying, but we'll downregulate the story. So all of the stuff that a bunch of us conspiracy theorists have been talking about on the internet for years about how they de-boost about how they shadow ban, around how they reorganize search results to make you think a certain thing. It's all coming out to be true. And of course, it's all coming out now right before the election. And you know that is actually why when, when every four years they say, oh, this is the most important election of all time, this probably is, at least within modern times, uh, because it's not just about the battle between, let's say, Trump, which represents some piece of America that we can recognize versus the far left progressives, right? It's not just that. It's also how we're gonna be able to get information going forward. Like Trump is sort of the last stand against big tech. And now I saw a ton of conservatives yesterday saying we have to regulate them. And my feeling is maybe, maybe you can break them up. I mean, this is again where I'm more of a libertarian, so I would always want the market to do something. By the way, that's why I started locals.com to give tools to creators so you're not so reliant on big tech. And, and if you guys haven't checked it out, check out rubinreport.com or download our iOS app or our uh, Google Android app and you'll always be able to connect with me and I'll be always be able to connect with you if I ever got booted off these things and we've given those same tools to any other creator. So I like the market, but I know that the market can't solve everything. That's why I've always said, that's why I don't consider myself a pure libertarian. I got into that a little bit last week 
with Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian presidential candidate. So I saw a lot of conservatives saying, okay, regulate, 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 and, and this, is a, this is a dangerous game. You just have to be aware of what the game is, even though I understand the impulse there. Because the thing is, okay, so let's say you regulate. Let's say just today, right, the, the Republican-led Senate and the president decide to regulate big tech, whatever, whatever that means, right? They're gonna get, send government regulators in, we're gonna look at the algorithms, we're gonna uncover all this stuff. Well, okay, that kind of sounds good for the next three weeks, but you do realize there's an election, and if Trump loses, you've now given the power of regulating big tech over to the Democrats, and they may be much less inclined to watch out for you guys, the conservatives. So that's an interesting just, it's just an interesting philosophical piece of what power does. When you, when you give power to another entity, you gotta be pretty wary that that entity isn't gonna use the power against you. So I don't like the idea of regulation. If you were to tell me that somehow these, these companies had to be broken up a little bit, something like that, I, I could get on board that. And, and what I definitely can get on board is actually what Trump did, but it hasn't been put into play yet, which is stripping some of their protections. So there's this section 230 of the Communications Act, which basically looks at these companies either as platforms or publishers. And if you're a platform, meaning Facebook and Twitter and YouTube argue that they're platforms, meaning people just put stuff up there and they just get out of the way. They're just a platform for people to put their ideas out there. Well, then they have certain legal protections. But if they're a publisher, meaning if they're deciding what views can and can't be on their platform, well, then they don't have all of those protections. So a, so a publisher, a publisher, excuse me, would be more like say what the Daily Wire is or what the Blaze is or what I do here, right? Like we're, we're publishers and that we're creating the, this piece of content uh, as opposed to a platform that just says we're gonna put up these things. So Trump did this executive action on 230, but I don't know that it's been put into place yet. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a big mess, all of this, but I wanna show you an exchange that I had with Jack on Twitter. So Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Twitter and we had an exchange yesterday. Now it started off where he basically was telling people that they dropped the ball on what happened with this, with this New York Post story. So he sends out this tweet about the New York Post story. He said, our communication around our actions on the New York Post article was not great and blocking URL sharing via tweet or DM with zero context as to why we're blocking unacceptable. And then what he did there was he linked to a Twitter safety thread where they explain their theory a little bit more. I jumped in, I actually didn't expect him to respond, uh, and I said, do you shadow ban based on political beliefs? Simple yes or no will do. Now, Jack immediately responded and said no. Now, just to be clear, what shadow banning is, when, when people say shadow banning, what they mean is that when you sign up for Twitter, you expect you're getting a feed in chronological order, that you follow a certain set of people, and if they post something, it's gonna be in your feed. Shadow banning is not that you've banned those people from Twitter, it's that sometimes their tweets just won't show up in the feed. Now, any of us that are in the game, and I suspect many of you are, in the game, meaning you tweet a lot, you talk to people online a lot, all that stuff, we know when sometimes things just simply don't get seen. And I have people that say it to me all the time and you guys messaging me about how you're unsubscribed from my YouTube channel and the rest of it, okay? So I said, do you shadow ban based on political beliefs? Simple yes or no or do. Now Jack immediately wrote back, no. Now that's pretty interesting. So Jack is saying, we don't shadow ban. Now, 
I think if I could have rewrote the tweet, I would have said, instead of do you shadow ban, meaning you, Jack, I probably should have said, does Twitter shadow ban? Because he may just be playing some sort of linguistic trick here between you, meaning Jack, or Twitter as a company. Um, also, he's not under oath, so he can say, I suppose, whatever he wants to me, right? This isn't as if Congress asked him, does Twitter shadow ban, and then, and then he lied. But what I, the reason, I'm not trying to make this about me, the reason I think this is an interesting point is that if you look at the image that we show you where he says no, there's something known as the Twitter ratio, and this is where, you know, if, if, if you do something that really catches fire that has meaning on Twitter, you, you get ratioed in a positive way, meaning you'll have you know, thousands of retweets and probably even more likes, and, and generally very few comments because people will just re retweet, that's their way, and like, that's their way of saying, oh, I, I like this, this is funny, this is interesting, this is insightful, something like that. When you see a tweet that has tons and tons of replies, that usually means you got ratioed to hell because you lied or you're, you're being called out on something. Uh, as of us taping this right now, and this has probably significantly changed even uh, just in the last little bit, uh, there were almost 5,000 comments to Jack, basically virtually all of them. I mean, I did a scan, virtually all of them saying, we don't believe you, you're a liar, you guys obviously shadow ban, you're playing with words and the rest of it. I don't know what the answer is. I will just say one other thing on this. I'm not trying to make this about Jack Dorsey. I'm truly not. Uh, Jack did agree to do this show publicly and privately several times, and then um, his people just, they just seemingly wouldn't do it. That was actually right before he went on Joe Rogan, and I think that appearance was so terrible, probably for him and for Twitter, that they just, you know, you just kicked the can down the road. Um, anyway, I, I mentioned all of this, not to get in the weeds again on just like little Twitter back and forths and everything else. Um, but the way the game is being played right now, it's like we are about, as I said, under three weeks away from a massive election. And it's not just that crazy stories are breaking. And again, it's for you to judge how important you think the Hunter Biden story is. It's that the companies that control the way we can receive information and share information, they've decided that they are the arbiters of what can and can't be shared. You know, the, the Twitter support thread on that that I just referenced, that Jack retweeted, he talks about how certain they won't share certain stories if they're unauthorized and things like that. And it's like, well, you guys did share the Trump uh, tax story, right, which was leaked. So we know that there, there's an asymmetry here. And I think what has happened is the people, the people now, right, us, you guys, me, we've woken up enough that they're really losing control, losing control fast, and they've got basically three weeks to figure out how to, how to recalibrate so that Biden becomes president. Because this, this, like the lockdowns and so many other things in our society, are purely about Trump. It's a, it's a weird, it's just a freaking weird, weird thing. Maybe we are in a simulation, who knows. Uh, but speaking of simulations, let me show you two humanoids. Uh, this is Kamala Harris, vice presidential candidate. Uh, she was on Rachel Maddow, and, and just check out these two genuine humans. Um, but I just realized that I would kick myself if I didn't just ask you, uh, before I let you go, if you noticed the fly on Vice President Pence's head at the time during the, <laughs> oh, debate, the debate, or if that was something that only... Go, go, we could see it at home. Could you see it sitting next to him? Did, did you have feelings about, like, did you have the instinct to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rachel, 
I just, you know, I think that it's important that we kind of um, find a way, all of us, to move on <laughs> and, you know, kind of fly away from this subject onto something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Senator Harris, you are very kind. And let's just spare a thought right now for the people who have to write closed captions for this portion of the interview uh, and for those who have to transcribe it because they're going to have no idea how to convey what we just communicated. Lord, the theater, the fake laughter, the, the, the staring at the camera, the inability to talk, it's just all gross. How Donald Trump is more authentic than these people. I mean, I've been saying it literally for a year. I've been saying it. It, it started really with Elizabeth Warren when she had that beer. Remember, she's on a webcam. I'm a, I'm a get me a beer. And it's like, man, Trump dancing the YMCA like this is more authentic than all of you guys. It's just, it's just bananas. Anyway, I just thought that would be a funny way to, to end the show today. Uh, hopefully, you will see this. Unless we got shadow banned or de-boosted or something else, make sure you're subscribed, guys, and click that notification bell so you actually see our videos. And, and perhaps more importantly, if you want to join us at RubenReport.com, if, if they ever take Dave out, that's where I'll be and you'd be able to get notifications from me and the rest of it. Thanks for watching, everybody. The adventure continues.